Coming to you live from Manhattan. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, and Josh Santos. Rangers blow out the bolts in game one of the conference final, 6-2. What an assignment you guys have sent me on here in New York. Really appreciate it. You could have sent me anywhere, the East Coast League. You could have sent me somewhere in Europe to cover Division Three. Uh, no, loving it here in Manhattan. And what a night to start off the conference finals in the East. JB and Sammy, your thoughts on so far my work down here in New York. Well, I mean, amazing. You know, we were thinking it's a Leafs show. Should he go watch the Growlers postseason workouts, <laughs> cover the exit interviews or what? But no, Madison Square Garden was an okay choice. What a game for the fans. They score a minute in. You know, the, the Bolts answer, great pushes, the energy in that arena. I could feel it through the screen. It must have been electric, Kipper. In all honesty, uh, it, it brought me back to uh, Game 7, specifically Game 7. And uh, just, I think the, the thought process going in for all of us is that maybe the Rangers might be a little over their heads here. They're considered a young team, one that's up and coming, and whether or not uh, they've just bit off a little bit more that they can chew. Yet, you, you know, the feelings that I had even a couple hours prior to the game in MSG is that uh, the Ranger fans felt like it's it's not a fluke. They're somehow, some way, a little destined here, and they honestly believed. Uh, in Shesterkin, first and foremost, that they believe in him much like uh, they believed in Mike Richter uh, back in 94. And I got to think, guys, you know, despite what we feel about Tampa, and we're going to get into that for sure in the next hour, um, and we've got Mike Rupp as well uh, coming on in about 20 minutes, uh, There, there is a, a sense of more belief today than there was prior to puck drop would you believe that oh yeah i mean there should be right i mean they they won they're they're up one nothing six two win you know i i am reminded of the toronto maple leafs beating them five nothing in game one of round one where you know you think you know maybe we got tampa's number and tampa's pretty darn good at making adjustments i'm i'm you know there is that element but there's also the element that when Toronto beat them 5 nothing, it, it let us in on a little something was that the Leafs could hang with them. The Leafs had a chance. The Leafs were going to be able to push them, and they did go 7. They did push them. You know, maybe the Rangers, who I would have thought going into this, are more likely to lose in 5, maybe 6. You know, if nothing else, you leave that game thinking, gosh, there's a lot of things about, things about that Rangers team that gives you belief. And, yeah, Shesterkin being one of them, the Igor's better chant was unbelievable last night. Yeah. I, the thing that the thing that I took out of that first game was first of all your stat that you brought up yesterday, Borny, about the team that gets a sweep versus a team that goes seven. Like it seems that that it it happened. It happened, and I I thought that the the Bolts looked really rusty after the first period. I thought they had a great first period. I thought they really pushed the Rangers, and then after that, I thought they looked a little rusty, a little tired, maybe like they hadn't played a game in nine days. But man, I. 
they just look so youthful, the Rangers. Like, the bottom half of that lineup, like, those additions, Mott and Cop, and then you look at the kid line. Like, I really like that decor. Everybody's flying around. They just look so youthful and fast, and they believe, and it feels like there's a part of it. Like I said yesterday, a little bit of house money involved here that maybe this is a little early for them. I I don't know. I, I, I believed in the Rangers going into this. Now we get to read all the stupid Tampa hasn't lost two in a row stats for another two days, which I always love. But I just, <laughs> I, I do think that this is a bit of a different animal than the, than the, the Bolts have seen, like, la, like not like last round. I think the, the Leafs pushed them as far as they could go, but then they played a pretty cupcake round, and now they're in tough. How, how much stock do we want to put into those nine days? And how much can you lose? How much of an edge can you lose? It, it, it's... To, to go from that high intensity of, of two rounds and then just to take a mental break, is that the number one thing? I mean, we're going to get into the goaltending, but just the fact that we are now dealing with a team that has to be re-energized and, and pushed uh, once again in Tampa Bay, despite all their experience, can you make up those nine days in, in, in a short mm-hmm. uh, two-day window? Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy, right, that how mental that aspect of it is, that getting used to the battle level and, and kind of forgetting the level you have to find in, in commitment. But also, Kipper, like you know as well as me that a week off the ice or a week out of game action and, and you your cardio is not the same. And you can't replicate that sort of battle cardio, the stops and starts and reactionary and, oh, I was out for a two-and-a-half-minute shift by mistake. You can't do that in practice. So you're always going to be a little sluggish and tough to get up to that level. The Rangers looked like they just kept cooking, and it was most reflected in the best players. I thought Kucherov stunk out loud last night. Oh, uh, Hedman was, was, was no, yeah, Hedman was not noticeable. Vasilevsky gives up six. Meanwhile, Panarin, Zabanejad, those guys were humming, right? I thought Stamkos was excellent last night. Of all yeah, the guys I that agree. they had, I thought Stamkos had an awesome game. And it's easy to say that because he had a couple points. He shot a, he had a one-timer that went in that. He assisted on their second goal. But I really thought that Stamkos brought it and kind of set the tone for them in the first couple periods. But, yeah, I, do you want to talk about the goaltending kipper? Do you want to talk you about Vasilevsky? I, I, you know what I want to do? I'm going to go to a kipper's clipper, uh, mm-hmm. our okay. first one today, and it's John Cooper. We bring back Coop into the realm yes. because uh, some of the great sound bites that we had during the Toronto Maple Leaf series are going to start surfacing again uh, uh, against the New York Rangers. But, guys, I got to tell you, uh, a little bit of a different tone and for those of you that uh, are anticipating what you're hearing, let's let's have a listen now with John Cooper and how the tone has changed somewhat from what we heard versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's have a listen. Oh, uh, sorry, guys. Uh, the uh, just Cooper talking about the New York Rangers uh, after level, game right? one. Uh, yes, I, yeah. I think there are things we did tonight we hadn't done a ton of in you know the previous two rounds uh the rangers have some dynamic players and you give them an inch and they'll take a mile and they did that tonight and you know give credit to them they're um they're a good team turks got them rolling and they compete hard and uh they didn't fluke their way to where they are in this uh, in this playoffs okay 
give credit to them? Where, where that, those <laughs> those words were not uttered once versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now I don't know what happened, uh, but this is barely game one in, and he's tipping his hat to the New York Rangers. Something that he refused to do, Sammy, against your Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, that hurts first of all, and I think maybe that goes to. Isn't there a relationship between him and Gallant? Aren't they buddies of some kind? I feel like I've heard that alluded to, that they may be good buddies off the ice. So maybe that's just a friendship thing. He respects the way he does it. And I got to say, I've listened to both the coaches this morning. I love both these coaches. Gallant's a hell of a coach. What was Vegas think? What was Florida thinking? This guy is an amazing coach. That's just an aside there. But, yeah, to hear them say he respects them and he's already playing that card. Hurts a little bit, boys. I can't I do lie feel, to you. It hurts a little bit. I do feel like there is a, a level, though, with Toronto where there was a fear of them, a fear of, of losing to Toronto and the market and giving them mm. credit and all that, where it's like the next – I don't know, if you're great at something and someone does the same thing as you and they're up and coming, you're, you're not real quick to, to point out to everyone, look how great this person is, you know? I don't know. I I thought the lack of giving Toronto credit was like, a, I don't know, a, a real a tactic, a defense. I, I hope they don't have the, their guard down. They should be afraid of this Rangers team too, just the same. Okay, so let's jump right into the goaltending and Vasilevsky versus Shesterkin. And this is not the way we thought it would be played out. Um, or, or maybe it is. Maybe it's just the trend. Uh, maybe it's just the way it is with Vasilevsky, where uh, he is not great early and gets stronger as we go along. Of course, there is this stat that keeps getting thrown up right now, and that is... The ability to rebound for Vasilevsky and the uh, and the mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning since, since what 2020, 17 and 0 coming off losses. So, should we be that surprised after Game One? Then I don't think they're going to Brian Elliott, boys. <laughs> that's their that's their backup, by the way. If you've literally never heard his Just name, never once. gets a sniff. Just doesn't <laughs> yeah. get a sniff. I'm sorry. Like, what happened like to the... Curtis McElhaney? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So I. So I feel very smart this morning because after watching that game last night, I feel like low blocker and mid blocker on Vasilevsky has been a bit of an issue for him. Because you think back to the Leaf series where Camp beat him there a few times, I felt like it was always something that guys were aiming for. And our goalie guy, one of them, Mike McKenna, had a stat this morning that I thought was very interesting that really, really sort of solidified what I was thinking that... Uh, this is from, I'm sorry, Instat Hockey. That is save percentage for Vasilevsky on mid and high blocker shots. This postseason is 801. In other postseasons, it was 844. So he's really getting beat on that low blocker side. And I think teams are kind of sniffing that out. And last night, when they score four goals low blocker, it really feels like that's a weakness that they've kind of sniffed out. I just wanted to bring that up. But yeah, well, I. He- Yeah, Sammy, I mean, we're watching Stamkos tie it up 1-1, and then really off of a a real nothing play in the second, this is where the game kind of really changed, uh, was the almost at a standstill, the the Vetrano goal. And I don't Mm -hmm. think for one second that he was blocked or uh, screened. And, like, give Vetrano a lot of credit. I mean, he got some good mustard on it, but it's not like he's moving – you know, 
a thousand miles an hour. I mean, to shoot a puck at almost off of a standstill and beat Vasilevsky on on that blocker side that you're talking about, Sammy. Yeah, that that one bothered me a lot. That you know, Vetrano has one skill. You know, I shouldn't say that. Maybe it's not quite fair, but he has one excess skill, and it's he's a shooter. He shoots it well. Mm-hmm. But you're you right; he's it. off one foot. Like that's that's. I thought that that's a bad goal. But the rest of them, to me, the Rangers did such a good job making Vasilevsky move laterally. Right, like the Zabanajed mm-hmm. one timer. He's coming across the Panarin shot. He's coming across the uh, Kreider goal. He's coming across. Like I, I'm not going to go ahead and say it, he's week here, week there, when the weakness seems to be there. I mean, they put them in tough spots. Uh, give the Rangers credit getting them moving that those passes across the yeah. middle. Yeah, I I actually was thinking about the Florida Panthers and maybe their five fans this morning. What are you thinking today if you're a Florida Panthers fan? Three the goals highest, all series. The, the highest scoring team in the NHL. Yeah, what? Yeah, we got some fans on line one saying, hey, Sammy, what do you think about watching Kadri and Hyman right now? No, 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 no. Listen, let me get through my point without bringing up the, the Leafs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go ahead. They scored the, – the, the, I can't – you just derailed me. The, <laughs> the Cats scored the, – the, sorry, the, the Rangers scored double the amount of goals in one game that the, the highest scoring team in the history of the NHL scored in four games. What do you like? How the hell did that happen? It's such a weird series to look back on, but yeah, like they but looked you, dynamic last night. They're getting to the middle you, of the ice. Yeah, they just. I, I I would imagine Zito and everybody in Florida just took looked down their lineup and said, "We don't need another score." But this guy, he's been able to do so much more for the New York Rangers, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But um, you know. Declare being a healthy scratch, you know, watching Vetrano now with the New York Rangers. Yes, Sammy, to your point, no question, some second guessing there. Um, yeah. But let's go back. Let's go back to John Cooper on on the goaltending uh, of Vasilevsky and uh, his overall thoughts. And I want to get into this after we hear from Cooper. But why the heck didn't he pull him? But let's go to John Cooper first. Yeah, this wasn't. Uh... This isn't on him at all. It was, like I said, but just the East-West, the quality scoring chances we gave up. I and mean, he could have put both goalies in the net, and they're still probably going in. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I do, too. Okay. I do too. Um, you're, you're never, from here on in, even when Vasilevsky deserves to be, you know, dumped on, he's done so much in his career in the last three years that you just, you'll always give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But, but... Why the heck wouldn't you pull him uh, early in the third period uh, when when the game's out of hand? You know, I I thought about a kipper. To me, he's had nine days off. He hasn't seen game action, game pace. You can't say he's tired after all that rest. The more game action, the more he sees, the more he finds the flow again. I I wouldn't have cared last night if it was 8-2, 9-2. Like, just keep playing, keep playing, get used to it again, get back in the flow. Yeah, I think... With other tendies, you'd have to be worried about them getting their confidence sort of hurt. If you're letting in those amount of goals, like I think of a guy that maybe plays net for the Toronto Maple Leafs or something, you want to get him out of there, save his psyche. Vasilevsky's a robot. He doesn't care. Like, I, I really think that he's going back with the same belief tomorrow that he had last night going into the game. But, listen... I think, hasn't he played every minute of every run? Isn't that part of the thing? Doesn't he have, like, a streak going? 
Like the last two playoff runs, he's yeah. played every minute of every game in the playoffs. I think you're probably con- uh, you're thinking about that too. I don't know. I, I get why they didn't. I kind of agree with Borne. Get him some game action. He's going to go back in there. He's going to be himself. I just I don't know if you want to – it's not showing up your guy, but I don't think you want to pull him at all. I just want to play him every minute. Brian yeah. Elliott's the other option. Yeah, listen, uh, JB, you bring up an excellent point for sure, but uh, I guess it would be Cooper, Noah, and Vasilevsky to a T in this situation. So mm-hmm. there would be some goalies that would just want to protect – their numbers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether it's a goals against or a save percentage and, and all of that comes into play. But there, there's no way that uh, Cooper lets him stay in there unless he he knows for sure that Vasilevsky would want to come out. So, I mean, you, you, you made a strong point for sure that uh, this is a guy that uh, you don't have to question going into game two. No. And, and you know what? It's – it's part of this whole thing, I think, for Tampa is finding it again, right? Is getting back into this groove. And, you know, what did you make of Kucherov's performance last night, Kipper? I don't know if you, you saw him much, but I, I just not as engaged. And it's not like he wouldn't be trying, right? It's not like he's hurt. Like, he's just the way, it's the way he plays, right? I, I, kind of, he's a bit of a cat. Like, sometimes he's just disinterested and doesn't care. Sometimes he's super <laughs> fun and engaged. <laughs> Did, did he and Willie Nylander go to the same hockey school <laughs> I was just when they were younger? Say. No, 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 no. Listen, um, Kucherov's at another level compared to Nylander, Boy. but I, I get your point. But these guys, and, and when you speak of these type of talents like Nylander and Kucherov, you just take them for, for what it is. And sometimes for these guys, the, the stars have to be aligned. And if it kind of falls into place... Kucherov had some good looks, like he does. He did. Every he had game. seven shots or something okay. crazy. So and, he didn't do nothing. And, and a guy like Willie, you know, probably, you know, Kucherov gets more good looks, I think, uh, and is more consistent uh, than a Nylander. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where if it's not completely falling into place. They do get a level of frustration, I think, in their game that yeah. uh, it's almost like, JB, the body language says to you as you watch them, hey, it's just not my night, and that's just the way it is, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and you know what? That's why I think the absence of point is so huge here because when you kind of you count on guys to be your consistent performers while you wait for the stars to have those big nights, right? Like, points a guy who's going to bring it for you 95% effort at, you know, every game, every game, every game, you know what you're getting. And then Kucherov will do this along the way and grab you a few wins. Not having that guy to sort of balance it out, you know, being at 11 forwards last night, uh, it's a big absence, and it doesn't seem to me. You guys watch points skate? That guy's not coming back. Well, then he bit it. He had a tumble in the ice. He hit the boards. I think he's done. Like, that's just brutal. When he was going for his little pregame twirl or whatever, he wipes yeah. out. But I, I, I'm, I sure, think, I'm sure. I'm oh, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's one of those things where the team just lets him kind of hang out and, you know, wants to go out on the ice. But I can't see this guy seeing any action anytime soon. And if he does, great. It's a bonus for all of us. But... From what we saw out of the Toronto Maple Leaf series when he came off the ice, oh man, it yeah. doesn't look like that. That's that's healing in two or three weeks. 
Yeah, he looked like he was walking on broken glass doing crossovers, like, uh, uh, very sensitive stuff. All right, we got Mike Rupp coming up in five minutes, but, uh, yeah, just we got Mike Rupp coming up, of course, former New York Ranger, and he went on a pretty good run uh, in his heyday. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on the Rangers' chances and, of course, uh, the electric uh, crowd uh, that he's played uh, in front of on on a few occasions as well. But uh, just to your point, Sammy, why don't you pick it up off of Brain Point? Well, I was just going to say Kucherov, I'm sure there's a lot of the similar feeling when John Cooper wakes up in the morning. His first thought is, wonder what I'm getting out of 86 tonight. And yeah. he, usually he gets point production, but like you pointed it out, Borny, he did a great job on the on the broadcast night, last night. Looking great again. What a suit. Borny just looking <laughs> like a super hunk on TV. But uh, just yeah. pointed out, what was it, five or six plays in the first period where it's like, oh, my God. like It's just... It's just it's the give and take. The guy has 30, like we talked about it, 30 points in back-to-back postseasons, like one of six guys to ever do it. You have to accept his faults, but boy, his faults sometimes can just be yeah. so glaring. Going just, the other way, the Rangers' power play was unbelievable. What were you going to say, Kipper? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say uh, that you, you love Nick Paul, but when does it when does uh, it catch up to Tampa Bay that there's no Braden Point? Yeah. It's a great You're question. right. Paul, Paul is... Playing on the first or second line, he's leading the team in penalty kill minutes. He's third among uh, forwards in, pe- or in total ice time. Like yeah. Nick Paul's good boys, but relax, you know. Like <laughs> I know it, it, you're in trouble if you're stretching a guy that far. Um, he made an awesome play to, to set up Kucherov on the two on one, and Kucherov couldn't. Pl- uh, he kind of banked it off the boards, beat his D-man, took it in, backhanded it over to to Kutrov. He couldn't make the play, but, man, he is playing a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay, so uh, let's spin it around here to the New York Ranger angle. Uh, Obviously, Shesterkin doing what he does best, but outside of that, uh, and before we get into Shesterkin in greater detail, your overall thoughts of what impressed you most about the New York Rangers? Well, that kid line was unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They the, they really were dominant against good players. Heedle with another two goals. You know, it leaves Hedman like a spinning top from behind the net. I can't believe those guys. Well, I heard one of them interviewed, and they said maybe we're just naive. You know, like the whole thing that like they're not even aware of the moment and what yeah. the significance could be to their career. And I think that's part of it. They're just playing. And, you know, there are a couple of kids, nothing to lose. It's it's worked really well. That and the power play for me, Kim. So, How about you? W- yeah. What do you got? You got, a fr- you got a first pick overall. You got a second pick overall. And uh, Heedle comes in as a top 20 pick, right? So, yeah. like, uh, Pedigree. How, how, oft- how often do you get that much young talent together uh, on one p- particular line? The oldest line? guy's 22. I- yeah. That's what I was going to say. Lafreniere is really coming into his own. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, I never know how to say it right. I always screw up his name, but I, he's really coming into his own. Looks like start like he's really Physical. feeling like he belongs. Really feeling like he belongs, which is nice to see. And that's Sabinajet is a way better two-way player than I thought. Watching these playoffs, like you know, you think of him as that offensive dynamo and the heavy shot, but he's really good in his own zone. So let's bring in Mike Rupp, uh, certainly a guy that's familiar with uh, the New York Rangers. Uh, Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, we were just talking about uh, uh, 
the New York Rangers in terms of uh, what's impressed the most. But first and foremost, I know you've played in a few markets like Pittsburgh and Minnesota, but where do you where do you stack up last night's energy at MSG and, and what you were um, a part of when you were a member of the New York Rangers? What's up, guys? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a great place, obviously to 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 play and and um, you know I didn't I didn't win there necessarily, but uh, we had a couple good playoff runs and um, you know that energy in that building at MSG. I was fortunate enough to be able to go to a couple of the games last round against Carolina, and it's it's something special right now. And they got some some good some good mojo going inside MSG right now. The Rangers are are high step in there taking full advantage. And, um, that's, that's, I think the best way to explain this team, I think in the postseason is taking advantage of, you know, being very opportunistic and that's, this this team sitting here home ice advantage in the Eastern conference finals. I bet you, uh, not many guys in that team would have thought they'd had that opportunity. And do you expect them to turn into a pumpkin here? Or are you a believer? Is there a formula <laughs> here to win seven more games? You know, what's funny is uh, I feel like for most of the playoffs, especially early on, this is a team that was, again, taking advantage of, of, let's say, for an example, that Penguins team outplayed them, I believe, in round one. Penguins couldn't close it out. And when you give a team another another gasp, another, um, you know, a chance at it, that team has to kick the door down, which the Rangers did. But uh, it, it they've... They've just kind of found a way to buy themselves some time, and now they've got themselves just getting a little bit better. It seems like each game, and I think that that road win in Game Seven against Carolina was huge for that team um, to kind of get over that little hump. And I don't know, I don't know, man. I think this team is—they bought themselves that time. Uh, they've got their goaltender that's cooking now, more like he did in the regular season. And this team has got some guys scoring goals now. I think the big question mark early on in the playoffs was kind of where the big guys are. Mika wasn't necessarily hitting the score sheet all the time. Chris Kreider wasn't either. It was a big wonder where Artemi Panarin was. Well, uh, all those have been checked. <laughs> you know, Mika's been absolutely on fire. Kreider has gotten going. And, uh, you know, Panarin scored a couple big goals along the way. Where do you, uh, Rupper, put uh, the nine days in? And, you know, since the Tampa Bay Lightning were swept a few years ago by Columbus, it's always been about uh, just the playoffs. But it's almost as if there's a trend now where if, if, if Tampa's not getting that sense of urgency, it takes them a while to warm up. But where do you factor in the last nine days? Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think that, uh, I don't know, this, I get I get kind of annoyed with the old rest versus rest conversation that we seem to have all the time in every sport about when this, these situations happen. I, I think that it's, it's, rest is going to help every team, but it's going to probably help them down the road a little bit. Like right away, I don't know if it's necessarily a, um, a positive thing, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's something that's certainly going to to help Tampa the longer this series goes on, and if they're able to uh, make it to the next round. But uh, it's 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 different. It's it's something that's hard to just kind of get right back in that mode. And 
you still got uh, the 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 engine still revving for for the Rangers or for teams that played Game Seven of the prior series. So um, that's why I don't I don't overly look into that. I mean, huge win Game One for the Rangers. But uh, here's a few things that kind of stood out to me is, all right, if you're going to get, I don't know, even when the score was 4-2, I was thinking this. I'm like, all right, you're getting four goals against Vassy. You got to make sure you win this game. You got to make sure because there's a good chance you're not going to get four goals next game or for maybe even a couple games. Uh, There's the the first part about it. You got to win it win your game at home here to start off the series. All these things were kind of working out in, in favor of this Rangers team. But then also there's that, that eventually this Tampa team's going to get going. They're going to get up to speed. Like it's, they're getting on the highway right now and they're, they got to match the speed and merge in. It took a little bit of time there in game one and they lost it. So it's just going to get harder and harder, I think for the Rangers, but I love their response um, in game one and took advantage like they've been all, all playoff. Robert, I, I heard someone talking about the kid line and their theory for why they might have success is three guys under 22 years old is without any sort of elder statesman to defer to, they can say what they want more freely to one another, communicate more. Like There's a comfort level with having the kids all together that they're not just sort of uh, you know waiting to see what someone else does. They're in charge of their own success. Do you put any credence to that? Do you think there's something there, the, the difference of having a whole bunch of kids in, on one line? Um, yeah, I think so. Maybe a little bit, but I, you know, I think it maybe he's down that same avenue of this group being naive to the situation, which is a healthy thing, I think, at times, right? Like you can't have, you can't use that naiveness as far as being hesitant and, um, you know, kind of having any kind of. Uh, you still got to go out there and play with some conviction. I feel like that's what this line is doing, and for young guys, I think that's huge. But I also think it's got to be a special blend and you've got a first overall pick a second overall pick and another high pick uh from a few years back that are that are they've got that they've got that mojo or that uh attitude in there or they wouldn't have been probably drafted where they were drafted so i think they're kind of just figuring this out right now that it's the kind of the youthful legs that are serving them well um i also think it's matchups I mean, how many years and how many times do we see third lines making differences in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Why is that? Well, yeah, because third lines and depth is so important for every team, but it's also you get some pretty favorable matchups in that third that that, that third line spot. So um, that's something they've been able to take full advantage of. And, uh, and it's funny though, like you're talking about a team even in round two, in last round where. They broke that group up trying to use them as fire starters on other lines. And it's like they, 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 they've been the most consistent line in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm glad to see Gerard Gallant uh, going back to that and this team coming through or this, this line coming through. But you're right. Like, I, I think there is something to that. There's, there's like these guys are figuring it out along the way together, and they're all kind of in that same pocket of age. Uh, it, it's just uh, – they're going out there with their, their raw talent and, and uh, naive look uh, at Stanley Cup playoffs, first experience for them, and they're just going out there and playing. And I think it's pretty refreshing to see. We're talking to Mike Rupp, former Stanley Cup or Stanley Cup champion, former player, and uh, current NHL network analyst. You know, Rupp, I, when I broke into the league with the Washington Capitals, I played on a line with 
Rob Murray and Robin Bow Wow. And I remember Dale Hunter coming up to us and saying, listen, don't go from being on the kid line to the you got to be kidding line. And that's how <laughs> that's, that's how quickly things can change. But when we look at the, the Rangers kid line and and a guy like Kako, I remember when the Rangers drafted him, there was a, a, a thought that this guy could almost be, you know, a, a, a type of yogger where you're big and strong and you protect the puck and you're hard to knock off. Um, I, I don't know where his ceiling is with, with the offense to get anywhere near um, a Yager. But, you know, if the Rangers accepted him, because there is a sense when you're a top three pick, you're going to have to go out there and, and be lights out as a franchise type of player. I don't know if he'll ever get there, but what are your overall thoughts on where his ceiling could be? You know what? Uh, if it wasn't for his injuries this year, coming into this season, like there's a lot of things that I really like about this kid. Like he, he's got this, I don't know. I, I think there's times where you've got lottery picks, high end talent that we all, all of a sudden, and probably since, I don't know, Austin Matthews came into the league and started kind of getting this new expectations of, of guys, right? Like I remember when, Rookie of the year used to get, uh, like I played with uh, Scott Gomez. Like Gomer had like what fifty points, <laughs> you know. He won, he won the he won the Calder with fifty points or sixty points or something like that. That was an unbelievable season. Now you've got uh, these young players coming in and having just absolute monster years, and and so I think that we got to kind of temper expectations with a lot of these guys. But I I love what I've seen here with Kako and Lafreniere because they have been slowly brought in here. And I think the big question mark has been, well, geez, shouldn't these guys by now be playing on the top line or the second line, or shouldn't they be more impactful? This team doesn't need them to be. They haven't needed them to be. This team's not supposed to be here right now. Like this is supposed to be something for the future. They're developing those players, taking their time, giving them like there's times this year where laughing air was up on that top line. Not too long ago. Even in the playoffs, he was getting put up there against the Penguins and, you know, trying to find some um, chemistry with with the top-end guys. Uh, But these guys have learned how to play the game the right way. And I'm just – I love the skill of the game. I love the things we're seeing. I love that we're probably going to see 18 goals scored in tonight's game. Like, that's fun, but it's not how – that's not – for longevity and for winning long term, it's not it's not really the recipe. And these guys are learning. Like they're not I think what we are getting here in Kako and Lafreniere are two players that are learning how to play the game the right way, manage NHL hockey and it's going to extend their career and put them in situations that this Rangers team is going to have two complete players in another year, two, three, or whatever, for the next 10 that they could possibly be there. And I think that's huge because this Kako, like to go off what you asked, yeah, I love his game. I think this kid's going to score. He's going to bust out one of these seasons here, and he's going to be a 25, 30 goal man for a while. And then it's can he get it to the next level. But in the meantime, their compete level, I love it. Like they're competing. They're finishing checks. They both got a little bit of an attitude to them. 
And I think only uh, experiencing what they're experiencing now in the playoffs is just going to help them even more. All right, Rapper, before we let you go, we just got to get your take on the other side of things. You mentioned the 8-6 football scores. What are your thoughts on that Colorado-Edmonton series and uh, the, the prospects of those two teams for winning the Stanley Cup? Uh, I, I mean, it's fun to watch. Uh, it's, I mean, it, you're sitting there. I, I, was, I was chuckling out loud myself put it that way watching the game just like wondering what's going to happen next right so there's that kind of level to it but uh i if either team plays like that they're not winning a cup so i i don't want to sound like debbie downer here uh but if they're going to play like that whether colorado or edmonton both teams in the east will beat you i don't think both will play like that they'll try to taper it down a little bit uh, i think maybe only one team can i'm not sure edmonton can play another way um, but you know, it's, it's fun to watch. And I want every, every person that's never watched hockey to just tune in and watch those two guys. Not just, I don't I hate saying those two guys, so much talent, those two teams that have all that talent out there. It's fun to watch, but I mean, I don't know. I've just sit here and it's, it, it, maybe I'm brainwashed, but it goes against everything I've ever been taught in playing the game. I, I don't believe that either team can win a cup playing that way. So we'll see if that changes at all. Hey, Rupper, really appreciate your time for, uh, for this. Uh, as always, uh, you're good to us, and uh, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for doing this. Anytime, guys. Enjoy. Thank you. Mike Rupp, NHL Network. Um, just one last thought on the Rangers uh, uh, before we jump over to the next series. Uh, the one thing that uh, I, I really saw live last night uh, and had an appreciation for uh, was that New York Ranger blue line, which mm-hmm. you don't really uh, like, of course, you know, Adam Fox comes in as a, as a Norris trophy winner and a guy that's really uh, stepped up in a very short period of time here and, and has gotten a lot of attention uh, uh, and well-deserved. But outside of that guys, I'm, I'm watching this Ranger blue line last night. Uh, the, the, the gap control was really good against Tampa and the ability to keep pucks in and alive was really good last night. And this Keandre Miller guys, yeah, 20 years old. Like again, um, you, you just look at teams with success and how many guys can step up in a short window of that 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 19 to 21 22 range when you got kids on entry level deals that are contributing like Keandre Miller is right now I, I, that's the only way you can push forward into a a conference final or a Stanley Cup final here he is so impressive yeah, know. you know, even the times he gets beat, it reminds me of, you know, the way that, like, Duncan Keith used to be able to take chances, get beat, then recover with his feet, get back so fast. Like, there's a couple the times. The skating's ca- amazing. The skating's amazing, and he's long. Like, he's got that rangy mm-hmm. stick. He uh, he interrupted some plays. I've really grown to like Lind- Lindgren as a top pair guy. You know, there's still question marks on the decor, but certainly there's upside, too. Uh, not tough to see there. And, and the Adam Fox play? where I think it was the second Heedle goal where he jumps like a shortstop, grabs it, sauces it across the ice in one motion, basically, for Heedle to bang it in. Dude, Adam Fox is one of my favorite players in the league to watch. The way he controls the game, it's just he's Makar-esque. I, you know, it's be a big conversation who I would pick between those two guys. 
I, I if if people listening right now don't know, go go back and revisit the goal that Sammy's talking about because it is phenomenal to watch almost like uh, in slow motion for him. There would have been 95% of the guys in the league would have had a full panic uh, on that play. Yeah. And Sammy, if, if you go watch it again, Stamkos is a damn good skater, all right? And he's got great agility. Go watch in a very small area what he does to Stamkos to get out of that situation and go uh, uh, suck Stamkos in for for taking away the D to D, and then he goes up the boards to save the play to start that goal for Heedle. I mean, it was a unbelievable move by Adam Fox. He's got really, really great vision and uh, deception. Like his upper body is always doing something, uh, you know, fakes and leans, and he- he's just really good at opening up lanes. And uh, yeah, you guys are right. He's he's got a great head for it. I'd say Makar is an inch more dynamic, but Fox is as savvy as they come to go with He's a lot right of those there. skills. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we take a quick break and, and get right into the Colorado Edmonton series? Because uh, I'm with Rupper, but I don't think it's as bad as he's suggesting. And I'm going to tell you why after the break. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Real Kipper and Bourne after these messages. Stick around. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the man said, we are Real Kipper Born Morning Edition on the Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and wherever you're picking up your podcast, iTunes or Spotify, give us a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. Game two tonight, Edmonton and Colorado loved or hated the game one version of 1980s, (laughs) 8-6. Now, Ruppert is not a fan of it, and with good reason. I mean, he wasn't a scorer. Uh, I wasn't a scorer. Uh, Love the offense, but gets a little goofy when you're feeling like every shot may go in, and while... Both clubs don't get a lot of credit for uh, giving up uh, a ton of chances here. Guys, at the end, isn't just better goaltending going to solve a lot of their issues here? Were they that bad in front of the the goalies? Were, were, Were two of these guys just not good? Yes to all the things you said. Like, you know, the goalies weren't very good. I feel like... Both decors have guys where you're like, oh, he's going to be a problem up against elite talent offensively. And whether that be CeCe and Barry or Kulak or Jack Johnson or whoever you you, you want to bring up, like there are some holes for offense to get through. And then, yeah, when you're not getting the type of goaltending that's, I mean, really good it's going to be high scoring but you know it's more than anything it's just what we're not used to in basketball you score damn near every possession you still find the best team by the end of it it's you know being good at defense against great offensive teams has more value so i'm excited to see it i like the way it's being played uh i can handle a change of pace from the usual two-on playoff hockey 
I don't get the sense that Mike Smith has anywhere near the reputation of a Vasilevsky. But there's nobody that really believes that Jay Woodcroft would be contemplating any type of change here. Do you want to go to uh, want to go to a clip of Jay Woodcroft on his starting goalie situation, and yeah. then we'll, we'll react after that. Let's have a listen. Yeah, I thought Mike Smith was excellent uh, for us all playoffs long. Um, <laughs> last night, I didn't think uh, we did much as a team to help him out in certain situations. Um, we'll determine Mike's status and Miko's status tomorrow. Glad he straightened out that uh, uh, all season. <laughs> Caught himself. Instead yeah. of game one. Uh, but he, there's no question he has the vibe that he will give his goaltender the benefit of the doubt, but he did leave a little of a little, little sliver of a window here open. Yeah. You know, it's not like Mike Smith can play infinitely bad and they're going to keep playing him, but we've talked before about this guy's streakiness. And, you know, if you're going to beat one of the best offensive teams in the league, you need a guy who can get hot. So you kind of got to keep going with Smith. His numbers in the postseason have been pretty good. But then why not just say it? It's a weird thing to not That's, say. I agree with that. Well, okay, with all due respect, how many uh, coaches in history over the last uh, many runs in the playoffs have tipped their hands on anything this time of year? Why yeah. just give it away for free? I know. I, I don't I know. Guess. I mean, like, is anybody volunteering information any more than they have to this time of year? Well, something I wrote about briefly the other day was like with – you know, between games, there's only so much, so many hours. You got uh, you got 48 hours, actually 45 hours by the time a game ends for the next one. All the things you got to do in the middle. Sleep twice, eat. You, you only have so much time. So as a coach, the more time you can make the other coaching staff waste on game planning for things that aren't going to happen or may happen, the better. So you don't want to narrow down, say, okay, it's going to be Mike Smith where that guy is going to play, this guy is going to be available. So it, I understand why coaches don't say anything. It's just so obvious that it's going to be Mike Smith that the other coaching staff isn't going to game plan for Koskinen. They're still going to say, good dumps. We don't want to let their goalie play it. Mike Smith likes to play it. They're still going to plan for Smith. How do you, how do you game plan for Koskinen? Uh, we're going to shoot more in the net. Like it's like shoot it's the like hockey not, puck at the hockey he's net. Not the, he's not the most uh, game planable guy. I think you just kind of shoot the puck more of Koskinen. You're just more comfortable dumping the puck in with Smith. You got to yeah, be wary of keeping it away from him. That's about it. All right, yep. uh, the Jaybird's not the only one with a goalie issue. Let's listen to uh, Coach Bednar on his situation in net with Darcy Kemper. Is Darcy Kemper? Uh, does he have the opportunity to play tomorrow? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> see, no, no tipping of the hand here. Hey, JB, remember uh, the other day I, I mentioned to you, uh, I it could be his eye, the eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nashville. I, mm -hmm. I think, I that's where we're at. Yeah, uh, the sense is that he pulled himself, and he's got uh, blurry, blurry vision issues here. Which He's means not seeing it right. There, there is an excellent, excellent opportunity. We will see Frank Kuz start tonight. I think so, Kipper. That that's bang on. You know, the first shot of the hockey game was, I think, a Brett Kulak shot from out by the boards that rung off the post. Kemper right never saw it. Yeah. yeah, it just zipped by his glove from a bad angle off the iron. It was like, huh. 
And then uh, he had a couple of high shots that were tipped up into his chest and head area. And I, I think that's what happened. I think he went over to uh, Bednar and said, look, I just, I can't, I don't trust it. I can't see it enough. I'm not, it's not safe for me to help us out in there. That's going to be a bad it's, feeling. It, it's, it's a phenomenal story, eh? The goaltending situation uh, down this, down the, the road into the playoffs here and, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, you're, you're looking at uh, Vasilevsky and, and Chesterkin and, uh, like, everything else is a crapshoot. It is It is funny that the two best goalies in the league are still standing and the other two guys are going like this. And you got to believe whoever comes out of the East is the favorite immediately based on who their goalie is. All right, give me a, a prediction. Give me some thoughts here. What happens tonight? And Can, can the Oilers dig themselves out of a possibility of being down 2-0. They can. I think 6-4 Colorado. I think Colorado finds it away, but I'm not ruling the the Oilers out. What's our over-under, JP, in this series uh, tonight? Over-under in the score? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, a dozen? No, probably (laughs) 10. (laughs) Per team? Yeah, right. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Enjoy the game, everybody. Real Kipper and Bourne. Back tomorrow.